What's up, everyone? Welcome to the UFC State of the Union podcast. My name is Brian Vosper. This is episode 56. In this episode, we are going to recap the Dariush versus Sarukian card that happened last week. And then I'm also going to give my predictions for tonight, uh, being the Song Yunong versus Chris Gutierrez card. So going back in time, you know, this card, um, you know, I think surprising us from the, you know, just going off the main event. Sarukian gets it done in round one, gets the KO on Dariush. Um, I don't think many were seeing that coming, but um, yeah, and I think all of us were kind of on the on the same side of the fence, just like everyone was wanting Dariush to win with all the drama that was happening that happening the week with Bobby Green and stuff. Um, Sarukian, you know, rolling up on Bobby Green with his whole team, and then a day later, Bobby Green gives him a little bit of taste of his own medicine, and then Sarukian's whole team's running away screaming. So it's like. But so everyone was kind of, you know, wanting Dariush. It was just kind of a, a lame move by Sarukian. Nobody knows really why he was doing that. He was saying Bobby Green was talking smack about him, but I don't think anyone's even seen that, any of that from Bobby Green towards Sarukian. So I think it was just one of those things where, you know, I don't know, trying to cause some beef for whatever reason. It doesn't look good when you're rolling up with, you know, five to 10 guys, too, and someone's alone. And so, um, yeah, so Sarukin gets it done. Um, what is next for him? You know, he was calling for, you know, a title shot and stuff, but it's like, dude, you know, you're not there yet. You also have to keep in mind, you know, there's there's Gaethje, there's Poirier, Oliver is getting his shot, his rematch against Makachev. So you're not there yet. The fight that makes the most sense, in my opinion, is Sarukin versus Poirier. You know, Poirier only really wants the the big money fights and stuff. You know, your Nate Diaz, possibly a McGregor rematch. But, you know, if we're talking, you know, if Poirier really wants a title shot next, I think, you know, and get himself right in the line um, right there, I think, you know, the fight that does make sense, you know, is Sarukian versus Poirier. Um, now that Sarukian took Darius's spot, they're right next to each other in the rankings. Sarukian was even asking for Gaethje and the BMF belt. It's like, dude, don't even bring up the BMF belt trying to get that after the Bobby Green situation. You're not fighting. You're not considered a BMF by any means after that. You roll up on someone with freaking 10 guys <laughs> when they're alone, and now you're trying to say you're the BMF. No. Get that out of here, dude. You're not you're not in that conversation. <laughs> um, so what's um what I would think makes sense, go Poirier fight. It's a good stylistic matchup. Um if Poirier could keep it standing, I really think, you know, he give he can give Sarukin some trouble. Um it's probably it's definitely the most technical striker he would have faced. And so I think that one makes perfect sense. Um Gaethje's kinda pretty much guaranteed after a you know, a KO of Poirier like that and winning the BMF belt. He's pretty much guaranteed the winner of Makachev Oliveira. So that's what that's going to happen. And, you know, I think a lot of people, if Oliveira does, does lose to Makachev again, I think everyone would like to see, you know, you know, Gaethje versus Makachev is a, is a, the next type of test that Makachev needs where, you know, he doesn't like he's not 100% like Khabib. He strikes a lot more than Khabib did. And that's where that could land him in some trouble, especially if since he has been caught before, he goes against a, a Gaethje. Ooh, now it could, you know, 
and got a lot more power than Adriano Martins did. Let's just put it that way. So, but if he can keep it standing, I th- if Gaethje can keep it standing, that's where it could get really interesting. Seeing what happens with Makachev. And so that that fight, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, I had to kind of like cough. Um, then we got um, the next fights that kind of went down the card. Um, I'm kind of starting from the top bottom recapping here. And um, Bobby Green versus Jalen Turner. Jalen Turner gets it done on short notice. <clears throat> and um, I think a lot of people, I want to say even the commentators before that KO even happened, kind of ca- kind of called it out. We're like, I forget who it was exactly, but said like, you know, this, I think it was Bisming was like, you know, this fight, maybe Bobby Green might want to put his hands up a little higher because, you know, Jalen's kicks and also some of his combinations. And that's like exactly what happened. You know, um, I think Bobby Green's style, it's, it's awesome. He's so fast. He's fun to watch, but as he starts moving up and fighting these more higher level fighters, the higher level strikers that can time stuff like this, uh, I think the hand hands down style it needs some adjustments, you know. Like it can't be like hundred percent hands down like how he's doing. Um, if he's gonna really climb up the ranks, um, like you know, if we're comparing like you know a fighter that does fight with the hands down, but it's like not like it still has like a very high level defense, you know, Sean Strickland. But it's not like, you know, Bobby Green's hands are like fully down. <laughs> and so that's where it's like, dude, that's and that that's really how he got caught in this fight. That's also how he got caught in the Drew Dober fight where he got mm, lights out KO. And then we also have to call out the freaking ref. Holy crap. That was probably one of the probably one of the worst stoppage we've seen in years. Um, who knows what that ref was doing? That was insanely bad how he let that go. Um, Jalen Turner, what's next for him? Um, you know, I'm not totally sure. Um, you know, looking at the, um, at the rankings, you know, one fight that could make sense, Benoit Saint-Denis versus Jalen Turner. That could make sense. Um, I like that one a lot. So maybe do that. Um, Font versus Figueredo. Font, uh, Figueredo makes his debut at 135 and dang his power carried over and he looked good he wobbled font a few times in this fight and then he also was able to mix it up really well with the grappling that seems like that's been the, the achilles heel for font um and so that's been kind of the i think that fight really kind of added some more to 135 you know figueredo what's next for him i think one fight that a lot of people were calling out uh, Jan versus versus Figueredo. That one makes perfect sense right now, unless if you wanted to do maybe you know you could also do Figueredo versus Sandhagen. You could do Figueredo versus I don't know versus Marab, depending on what's happening at the top of the division. Because <laughs> you know I think one thing that makes one thirty five interesting right now is the whole situation with Sterling and Marab with them not wanting to fight each other. It's kind of obvious that the UFC is not too excited about that. They're also not insanely excited, it seems, with how, you know, well, I think everyone's not excited with how Sam Fagan won his last fight. You know, he fought Font, and he literally fought probably the opposite of what Figueredo just did to Font. Like, San Fagan took that, like, the safest route humanly possible, um, where... When he got it to the ground, he wasn't even chasing finishes or anything. It was just control time, really. Um, 
And so I really think, you know, Figueredo, you know, with both of them coming off wins off off Font, that's an option you could even do, Font or Figueredo versus Sandhagen. Um because uh, you know, I, there's an argument there. I, I, I mean, it's not an argument in my opinion. I think Figueroa did it better than than Sanhagen did to beat Font, and so. But you know, Figueroa versus Jan makes perfect sense too. Jan's on a three fight skid. Um, he's, um, you know, both of them like are more strikers, but Figueroa definitely can mix in the grappling. Um, and so I think that's, and Jan's kind of on a three fight skid. So he's kind of got to defend his spot at this point. I think that fight, you know, from a ranking standpoint, I think that, that probably makes the most sense. Um, so that would be interesting. Gasolin versus Brady. Um, Brady's able to get it done with a submission. Gasolin, I just, I feel like, I don't know. I just don't think he's high enough low for the UFC anymore. I'm just going to be honest here. I think he's just, um, when he goes up, like his submission defense is not the greatest. And then whenever he goes against these, like ever since like the Izzy loss, really, um, he just doesn't make like even in the Izzy fight, we saw it. He doesn't make like high IQ level decisions um, when it comes to fighting. And I just don't think I, I just don't think he's UFC caliber anymore. To be honest, I think I think he would have more success. You know go to the pfl bellator go over there then you can have some fights more kind of his style but i i think he's more kind of just like a he's kind of in a gatekeeper route at this point if i'm being completely honest um and so which kind of sucks to say where he was like insanely close to beating izzy makes probably the biggest fight iq mistake ever um then going into you know some of the other fights that we saw there were some you know, I think one of the ones that really st- – oh, let me call out the, you know, the two slam KOs. Jiu-Jitsu did not work on this card. <laughs> we had the the Reese and Brundage fight, Close versus Selecki, the two slams. Bellotto versus Portieria. This fight was crazy. That was like one of the most ridiculous comebacks. Um, so that was just wild. I think those were some of the main ones I liked a lot. Um, and then we'll go into, you know, let's go into, let's go into my predictions for tonight. So, you know, this fight, so starting from the prelims, um, you know, one, one guy, I got to go with the favorite Tatsuro Tyra versus Carlos Hernandez. This is going to be a good fight. I'm got to roll with Tatsuro Tyra. Uh, I think he's going to get it done. The Ryan Dos Santos versus Talita Alencar got called out by Dana, how this fight was going to be a banger. Um, so keep your eye on that one going into, you know, Steve Garcia versus Costa. That one's going to be interesting. Um, Park versus, um, Park versus Ross, um, Song Cannon versus Kevin Jusset. This one was, um, you know, maybe I'll go off a little bit on this with this because I think, you know, Song got very close to KO and Ian Gary, um, like insanely close, um, Given my opinion, I don't know if I did this in the past episode. What are my opinions on this whole Ian Gary situation? I really think the dude um, is getting taken advantage of. I'm, I'm going. On a, I'm going to go on a little and ta- go on a little tangent here. Just getting into this. Um, if you just look at kind of just the main 
main details that are kind of going on because we saw you know even you know with uh leading up to the fights this weekend leon edwards versus colby covington um leon edwards gave a talked a little bit about you know again about ian gary getting kicked out of the gyms um and it's mainly because you know he shows up with his entourage he's kind of like making youtube content and stuff um and so one thing that goes with this is i think ian gary the reason why he's getting you know asked to leave these gyms and stuff it's not a good like if you're a top 15 now you're visiting other gyms and you're like videoing and stuff or getting tips or trying to get coached you're at the top 15 now man you can't just be like flying to all these different gyms and they're just gonna be like oh yeah that's cool he trained with us like with while videoing and everything they're probably not gonna take lightly to that because like dude you're now you're now fighting top tens you need to find a gym that you stay loyal to that's your team you do your thing there you're not able to you know now that you're one of the top guys in the world you can't keep you know you're going to other gyms that also have top guys in the world and it looks like you could be somewhat spying you also have this um reputation with you know lena and her ex-husband so ian gary's wife and her ex-husband that clearly they use ian gary to you know they try to hype him up to do stuff stuff that's kind of like you know it seems like they are kind of the the puppet masters behind this whole thing we've seen clips now where you know ian gary you know for example was in the elevator and comms that shows up um lena's trying to get ian gary to like you know ian gary even talks about this how um she wanted him to like start a fight with comms on an elevator <laughs> and it's like oh what and so then she also it also shows a clip of her and her ex-husband were the ones behind the um the neil um behind the um the t-shirt situation um for jeff neil they were the ones that created that his whole clip and then ian gary just goes along with it then we learn about you know with the whole neil magny situation that i wouldn't be surprised lena stuff maybe we're the ones that you know kind of more even pushed to you know video his whole reaction and stuff about that really go off on it and then what even sounds worse about that whole situation that kind of got brought to light by neil is that that even had implications to you know custody of his kids where that started kind of turning more turn more legal behind the scenes as it was just really bad to hear and so i think ian gary is at this point where you know if i'm giving my opinion i don't know it looks really bad first of all that it her ex-husband is even in this relationship at all so ian gary's nutritionist is his wife's ex-husband and so always with them that looks really weird it's traveling they're at you know they're in brazil right now well it might not be now but they were in brazil at at shoot box um so they're always together then also another thing you know if you go back to the whole the whole wag situation where his um his wife wrote a book when he was 13 on basically how to get with male athletes basically kind of like take advantage of the situation and live that lifestyle and this was written while he's 13 she is 41 so he's 26 now 
So she wrote that when he was twenty when she was twenty eight, he was thirteen. Um that's just like a terrible look. So this is someone that basically has had the game plan all along how to get with like was talking about how to get with male athletes. Now she's dating and now, now she's married to an undefeated Irish fighter that potentially, you know, is kind of trying to become the next McGregor. I think most are on the same page, you know, he's, he's not McGregor. But um, it, if you look at like stats right now, he is undefeated. He's like probably the most hyped Irish fighter coming out right now um, for the UFC or for MMA in general. And so that's where... This whole situation, if you think about it, like, let's imagine he starts losing a ton. Uh, do you think she's going to stick around? I'm just going to give my, just giving my opinions here. But um, this is where it's kind of getting, like, I think most are on the same page. This guy looks like he's getting 100% used. Um, he's getting used to hype up stuff. It's someone that clearly, you know, had kind of a game plan on how to do this all along. He takes her last name. Um, I don't know. The whole situation looks just really strange. And then what makes it even look more interesting is Ian was the one that first went at MMA Guru, and that's what kind of brought this whole to light where he revealed the book that she wrote. Probably was not expecting that. And now Ian Gary's kind of, and then Ian Gary's coming out with all these different angles, like getting all mad at Sean Strickland for addressing it. And then um, Sean Strickland, and then basically Ian Gary's all now talking about wanting to sue Sean Strickland. Ian Gary's taking off comments on everything. So it's going to be really interesting going into next week. I think what most people are excited about, <laughs> and I think a lot of people are even interested if Ian Gary's even going to show up to this presser. He he probably is, but man, he's gonna get roasted by Colby Covington. You already know it's gonna happen at this presser, um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be wild seeing that this week. But I had to go off on a little tangent just because you know Song Kennan versus Kevin Jusit. Um, I I think I hope Song Kennan gets it done, but Kevin Jusit nine and two. It's a hard fight. We'll see what happens. Um, then we go into. Um, Sumaraji, Sumaraji got um, replaced last minute by, I believe, Tim Elliott, and so that's going to be a good one. Park Chun Jong uh, versus Andre Muniz. So the Iron Turtle. Oh, so the Iron Turtle going against Andre Muniz. I think we saw, you know, Andre Muniz, um, I thought his ground game was a – like when he was kind of like – when he first started climbing, his ground game looked in like probably unbeatable. And then he's had a few fights now where pe- people are seeing, nah, it's, you can definitely beat it. Um, that's not saying the guys that he's gone against don't also have a good ground game, but it's going to be interesting this matchup because Iron Turtle has really good grappling too. Uh, Andre Muniz probably has some more submissions. So see what happens. Um, ha- uh, Hack Perass versus Malarkey. Um, that's gonna be an interesting one, and then going in, I'll go into the top two, the the co-main, uh, Anthony Smith versus Khalil Roundtree. Um, you know, Anthony Smith is kind of like, in my opinion, kind of a it's kind of like a gatekeeper role at light heavyweight, where this is one of those fights where you know the fighters that are that are climbing Khalil Roundtree. If he wins this, he's definitely gonna probably get a top ten next. Um, I think Khalil's gonna win this, but it is a hard fight. You know, Anthony Smith 
does have this reputation where you know when they fights like this get booked you know he does does shut stuff down i don't think you know anthony smith was was talking he was saying i'm i'm not ruling out a title shot if i win this but you know i i definitely don't think he's getting a title shot if he wins this because he also has losses you know to rack uh rackage he has losses to Goliath. So he has, it's like, you're not immediately jumping to a tell shot, especially if you have losses to some of those top guys. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how this one goes. Um, I think Khalil Roundtree is going to get it done. If um, he can really get his striking going and not let him get, not get taken to the ground. Cause I could also see a situation where Anthony Smith is, if he's able to get it to the ground, um, I could see him getting a submission if Khalil's not careful. And so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Song Yudong versus Chris Gutierrez is going to be an awesome stand-up fight. Um, I think Song Yudong is going to get this done. Got to be careful Chris Gutierrez leg kicks, but I think Song is going to get this done. That's that's my opinion. So we're going to have some good good fights tonight. Um, I'll even throw in, you know, one thing that I'm excited about for tomorrow night, actually, is um, so for anyone that watches, you know, jiu-jitsu, we got – the UFC Fight Pass Invitational tomorrow night. So we got Muragali versus Pena. So Muragali is a guy on Gordon Ryan's team that's probably probably the number two in command now uh, versus uh, Felipe Pena, who's you know got always got the the beef with Gordon Ryan. Gordon Ryan um, has had some situations where he's been he's pulled out of a few fights now in a row, which isn't isn't looking too good, um, and so. Yeah, the fight that was going to happen was Fowler versus um, Gordon Ryan on this card. Um, but Gordon Ryan had a situation or health situation again. I think he said it was his rib this time now. But yeah, I, I got put Fowler versus Rita. Um, and then we have also um, Samoas versus Rodriguez. Um, so, these, so Ricky Samoas, um, Yuri Samoas, wow. Yuri Samoas is going to fight against, go against Gordon Ryan at ADCC for like a super fight situation. Uh, Nicky Rod is the guy that most people feel is he, he is Gordon Ryan's toughest toughest matchup right now. Where he lost to Gordon in ADCC, but then he had the re, he had um, a few months later on the previous fight pass Invitational they went against each other. So Nicky Rod lost via heel hook in ADCC. And then when they had the rematch on the Fight Pass Invitational, um, a few months later, he got caught in a very similar situation. It was a leg entanglement, and then, but then Nicky Rod actually broke Gordon Ryan's foot. He ended up it, it ended up going to overtime, and he ended up losing the match. But there were moments there where if there was more time, he actually had a submission. He almost choked Gordon Ryan out, but it ran out of time. He ended up actually breaking his foot in that match, um, breaking Gordon Ryan's foot. So it's like there's definitely, you know, that's definitely significant improvements from you getting submit submitted by a, by heel hook to a few months later. Now you're bre- very similar situation. You're breaking the dude's foot. So a lot of people are kind of seeing, you know, if Nicky Rod can win this match tomorrow against Yuri Samoas, it also takes away the thunder for, you know, that super fight that Gordon Ryan's going to have against Yuri Samoas at ADCC. Um, a lot of people wanted to see Fowler versus Gordon Ryan. Um, but yeah, Rita is also on the same team as Nicky Rodriguez. So we're going to see what happens there. Um, but yeah, that's going to be cool to see tomorrow too. 
But um, yeah, those are my predictions for the fights tonight, guys. A little bit of Fight Pass Invitational there too. But yeah, hopefully we got some good ones tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you have a great, great day, guys. See ya.